Hi, Alberto. Good to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me, Hardy. I, I appreciate that, man. I'm glad we were able to, to connect. <laughs> so for everybody who doesn't know you, who doesn't know what you do, um, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, let's see. Um, I guess I'd say I'm a coach, an athlete, and uh, I've been I've been doing both for over a decade now. Um, man, time flies. And uh, I work mostly with drug-free athletes. I'm a drug-free professional natural bodybuilder myself. And um, yeah, my goal is to win as an athlete uh, and as a coach, not just help people win, but also um, leave, uh, leave the sport better than I found it. And I guess through the sport, since it is extreme body recompositioning, um, I think other people who maybe don't want to like go crazy with their body recomp can learn a lot from what we do because that's what we do. It's like we, we lose fat, we gain muscle. I think everyone's fitness goals kind of some of it lies around in that in that area. So, um, yeah, helping people like not just physique athletes, but everyone, you know, build themselves a better body. Yeah, great. So um, I'm really excited to talk to you today. Um, before before we start uh, to talk about like fitness and dieting and stuff like that, maybe you could also speak a little bit about yourself and how you grew up and how you got into bodybuilding, how you got into fitness and yeah, stuff like that. So just please speak to that. Yeah, um, I'd say I was a late bloomer with, with sports. Um, I was always, a, I think, a really good athlete, but um Other things occupied me. I was more of a nerd child, you know. <laughs> um, and um, and then you know, finally you, you you realize when they're like, shoot, you know, I'm a decent athlete, and you know, you get positive reinforcement from your peers, and and when you're good at something, you want to do more of it. Um, so I did every sport I could get my hands on, like through my preteens, teen years, uh, but bodybuilding was the first one that uh, really called my name and. Ironically, there was a there's a whole um, the, the discipline of, uh, thing that's, that's attached to it and how you have to remodel your life to an extent. And uh, uh, it came at the right time in my life. I started really getting into weights when I was 16. Uh, I didn't want to do weights. I never wanted to be muscular. I never really <laughs> wanted to be jacked. Uh, but um, but no other sport, I guess, touched me the same way that bodybuilding did. And it was my first love. And uh, to this day, it's it's still my number one man. <laughs> so um, I also know that you back in the days you were bulking up like crazy and stuff like that. So maybe you could share a few mistakes along the way you've made while like getting into bodybuilding, getting into physique transformation, and yeah, just please speak to that. Yeah, yeah, um, man. You know, it's funny because th that bulk in a way was. Um, There was a lot of discipline involved with that. Um, I think now what's very common is there's almost like a uh, fake natty witch hunt. <laughs> you know, back then, I remember, you know, use in my gyms was quite prevalent looking back now. Um, and especially the, the guys that were about my age, I didn't like them beating me. So um, one of my friends who ended up winning a team, NPC team nationals at some point, like he really started to get on and like gain and gain. And I, you know, I didn't really know. I didn't care to ask. We would just train together. I never asked, you know, we were just there to take care of business. So um, I'm like, okay, I need to be 210 pounds. And then from there, 220. And then from there, I had a goal of getting up to 250. <laughs> yes. 
And um, it was it was a with clothes at the end of the night. Once in my life, I hit 250, but but I did it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, it took a lot of discipline because it was three years of just eating was my life. Uh, not necessarily being 100% comfortable with the way I looked was, was part of it. Um, but it was for the greater good, you know? So that was a huge mistake. I think, uh, perhaps not having enough drug-free role models to, to, to look after and to look over and, and then will be influenced by rather. And, uh, but it taught me so many good things in, in many ways. It taught me patience. Um, and then also it taught me that, I guess, you know, you are what you are. And, and you know, a, a chihuahua can never be a mastiff, you know. Um, so I'm not the biggest natural bodybuilder even. But, uh, but I trained like there was no limits. And I think there was something to that for sure. So um, for everybody who's currently listening to this episode, you would say, uh, don't bulk up to, to, to 250 pounds, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I would definitely pay. Much as a natural bodybuilder, right? <laughs> Unless you're six foot two, six foot three, I would not recommend that for most people. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, lesson learned. But it was, it was, it did me a lot of good in hindsight. Yeah. So um, like, like, um, for instance, because a lot of people are saying that you can um, like uh, build muscle while you you uh, stay lean or, or even lose fat. So is this possible? So what's your opinion on that? Right. So or this whole like lean bulking and, and stuff like that. Well, you know, like a, a bulking phase, I think it, it should be lean. Um, but for example, I, I am like my peak shape is um, 160 pounds. And I am roughly about 13 kilos over that right now. Um, but it's taken, I'd say, about, this is month 18 now. So it's been very slow. It's been very gradual. Um, you know, you only want to take what you need in terms of a surplus. But the illusion that something that's so metabolically expensive, new muscle, is something you can do when you don't even have enough calories in you to maintain weight um is something it's not very likely to work I, here's the only place i think you can recomp like kind of lose fat and gain yeah, muscle recomposition yep i i've only seen that when people are at like the higher levels of their body fat settling point you know and even then it's probably not the best way to do it but no one wants to hear that it's like yeah maybe you can kind of get leaner and, and gain muscle but guess what you have to be like 17 18 body fat you know um <laughs> that's that's a hard hard sell so yeah take what you need be patient with it muscle gaining muscle after the third year is so slow um that uh, you would be wasting uh your surplus i guess if, if you if you put too much into like every day yeah um so so you also could um because you have been doing this whole bodybuilding thing for so long and i think like a lot of people want to gain muscle or getting shape so um what were your personal like most important realizations or insights you've had um when it comes down to uh, building muscle or, or bulking in general um man i think it just models a lot of other things in life um because it, it's it's an investment period. Um, I have a few of my athletes right now that you know you know it's getting warm in the northern hemisphere and you know they they want to cut down, but it's like you know what let's let's we can save that for maybe next year. Let's go ahead and keep 
gaining muscle now and then it'll pay off. So it's, it's, um, yeah, there's always the, I can get something now choice in life. And then there's the, I'm going to, you know, save, 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 you know, accumulate, accumulate, accumulate. And, um, especially with natural bodybuilding, it's, um, that's, that's the most efficient way of, of doing that, which is still efficient. It's still very slow. So I, I'd say that's probably the, the biggest thing is, is the being patient with it, maybe putting yourself through phases that you don't want to go through, but so many good things in life, like model that exact same thing, you know? Um, so there's, there's, a, there's many lessons like through bodybuilding that can absolutely just make you a better person overall. So, so one of the big things why gaining muscle is to really be patient. Don't try to rush the process. Don't try to, to do too much too soon, too fast and um, really, really be patient. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, there's, we're not performance athletes, especially, you know, a bodybuilder specifically, but um, yeah, the body fat where you can actually go beast mode uh, is probably not going to be your favorite body fat percentage if, if most of us are being real with ourselves, you know? Yeah. So um, what would you tell everybody who's currently listening to this episode who wants to gain muscle besides like um, being patient? Because I think most people don't want to hear this. Right. So. <laughs> yeah. so 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 let's give them some some tips. Let's give them some hacks. So what would you tell them? Like maybe calorie wise and yeah, stuff like that. What, what would be your best advice for everyone who wants to gain muscle? Like maybe you could speak to to all the beginners, but also to the intermediate and advanced athletes. Yeah, um, I'd say with the beginners, you're probably in a position where maybe fat loss, unless you're really overweight, fat loss should maybe not be a focus. You know, nothing's going to change the way you look like like with muscle. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll every once in a while, I'll post a physique update and someone will ask me, it's like, well, what's your body fat? And like it's probably like 17, 18 right now. They're like, but how? It looks okay. And it's like, well, you know, when you have muscle, it has a way of contouring. It's going to impact the way uh, your skeleton, your structure is really going to be able to express itself. And you will just look better at any body fat. Um, so for a beginner, it's like you probably, you're just getting started. You want to leave a big impact in, in your, on your physique. And it's probably not going to be through through fat loss. Um, with the intermediate, um I'd say be careful, man. That's a phase that can go forever if you're not careful, you know? Um, yeah. And, yeah, and a lot of it's because they never give themselves, you know, before maybe a six-month gaining phase was okay, but maybe as an intermediate, you might have to stretch that closer to a year. So, um, so yeah, for the intermediate, it's like don't expect as much in return. You're going to have to really start to be a little bit more patient. And uh, if you can get it to the point where you can spend a full year eating enough um, you will see the best returns, um, for an advanced guy. I think this is where you really have to love what you do. Um, I, I compare it to, you know, someone who plays an instrument and it's just like practice, 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 like the same stuff over and over and you're getting very little in return. Um, but you know, at that point, I think you have a very good understanding of how your body works. Uh, a very good understanding of uh, of just like you made it to that point, so you're very disciplined. But like even for me, like it will test my discipline. Um, so you really have to love it. Like you have to find a way to make all the little things you do, um, yeah, just practices that that that, that you love. Um, 
I've, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've, I, I still feel like I love this as much as I did 20 years ago, but um, I've had to supplement my enjoyment with uh, other things, you know, like um, I think a big one for me is since muscle gain is so slow and, and tedious at this point, you really have to know your facts. You really have to know how the human body works. So you get much less in return for every pound, like for every year you spend gaining. But in terms of like the enrichment that you get mentally, um, it's, it's, and the life lessons you get, it's totally, totally worth it. So, um, but yeah, I don't think anyone ever reaches their genetic ceiling, you know, like I don't think that ever happens. So there's always Room I mean, improvement, yeah. Always, always. It's small, but there always is. And what you got up here as an advanced guy for what it took mentally to get that one pound over a year and a half gaining phase, which it can be that slow, um, is totally worth the trouble. So um, I love your advice. So um, what would you say are good ranges to shoot for, like like uh, gaining-wise? Like one pound per week, or is this too much? And, and maybe you could also speak to the different phases of, like, beginners and intermediate athletes and yeah what what are some some good ranges um to shoot for while building muscle yeah um for the beginner you, you know you're kind of walking into the unknown um and people respond so so differently so like in my case i had a very decent athletic muscular frame but i didn't blow up like some other people do like okay. in terms of mass um my one of my best friends brian minor he, he was probably skinnier when we started a thinner guy much less muscle naturally but once he started lifting weights like he Boom. yeah yeah <laughs> so he he actually he on stage he's 12 pounds heavier than i am so um so yeah his his everyone responds a little bit differently so you do have to give yourself enough time to see you know what am i going to be am i going to be the mastiff am i going to be the chihuahua am i going to be a doberman so yeah <laughs> and, and find that out like as, as soon as possible um so the gain rate for them is just kind of like it, it can be man it can be pretty accelerated but i think a good place to hang out at is um i'd say one to two percent of your body weight kind of depending on, on where you're at um every every month is not crazy um as an intermediate you might have to cut that in half um as an advanced guy um it's probably not even worth trying to track those metrics and you're probably um better off almost aiming to maintain weight and then you know what happens if you try to maintain weight what ends up happening is four or five months later you will find yourself you know one to almost two kilos heavier so um so yeah yeah the surplus is definitely gonna uh, reflect your your training age and uh for the beginner it's like hey go find out go find out if you're if you've just gained you know four kilos in the last uh three and a half months but you look way better good let's keep going let's keep going because yeah. you know you there might be a lot more left um, still yeah um, intermediate you know again it's just something reasonable something that reflects more generic advice and for the advanced guy it's like let's try to maintain weight on the body let's let the loads go up and uh and over eight months you'll find yourself to be just a teeny weeny bit more muscular if, if performance is is trending upwards so <laughs> 
Yeah, great advice. So um, before we talk about like dieting and maybe also contest prep and stuff like that, um, let's talk a little bit about like uh, training and, and exercising. So um, what are like training splits or training routines that you personally like to use or that you like to use on your clients, for instance? So um, just just please speak to that. With um, With beginners, I like the idea of I'd say almost a little bit more frequency and 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 focusing on on the big compound movements, because um, we need to develop that skill. We need to learn to be handy with the barbell. Yeah, we need to learn squats. Okay. Yeah, you know presses, you know the pull-ups, all that stuff. I think that, that yeah. should be centered around that. Yeah, <laughs> and not so much like the small little movements, you know, because you find out very quickly that okay, my arms grow really well, but my back doesn't. And then, you know, eventually you can kind of modify your training to reflect the way you grow. But I think initially, yeah, the neurological adaptations, you have to make those, you have to learn to move in the gym. And we might see a beginner using something that's more of a, a full body kind of template, you know, and that, that'll work very well. Like, um, like three times a week, four times a week, or, or, or maybe also six times a week. I think that's a lot, right? But, but yeah, times three, maybe four, um, but you can make a lot of progress on three. So like, I think even me as an advanced guy, it'd be slower, but I can make progress on three days a week. So, you know, that, that kind of, that kind of tells you something, right? So <laughs> usually about three days a week, something is pretty full body. Um, then you get to the intermediate phase and, uh, yeah, you'll find out that, oh man, these body parts need extra attention. Um, and then you might modify something that, you know, it's it's probably going to be a bit more kind to your connective tissue. So maybe the frequency on a lot of those big lifts will go down a bit more than where you started. Um, and, um, and yeah, you might, it might be something like full body with like, Hey, a fourth day where we work around specifically those, uh, those body parts that don't grow very well. Um, for the advanced guy, um, And even for the like intermediates, I, I feel that at the end, the split that ends up winning outside of the beginner phase usually tends to be an upper lower split. Like I oh, always oh, go back okay. to that with myself. Yeah, it's four days a week and, 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 you know, the traditional upper lower. And to be honest, I feel that in my experience, most people do best on four days a week training. Um, we just we, we just I think the biggest thing is we just stay healthier. Um, so maybe yeah. you're not progressing as fast as you could, but you're definitely um, um, keeping connective tissue healthy so it, so that you never have to backtrack because, you know. Injury. It's hard to hurt yourself as a beginner. You know, everything is so fresh and you're not very strong. But, um, yeah, with intermediates and, and advanced guys, I, I, I love the upper lower, and it looks so generic, and it looks like you didn't even try when you made the split. But... Um, <laughs> four days a week I think is, is perfect because it also gives you a lot of roaming off days and I think an important skill to develop is is it a good idea for me to go to the gym today you know yeah um, you know it's like if you if you're training six days a week you can't even miss a day you know because it's like it ruins the whole week right but with uh four days on three days off you're able to you know decide like you know what i only got four hours of sleep last night i think i'll i'll pack it up and i'll do this training session tomorrow so um in general i really love the four days a week three days a week of uh three 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 days a week rest 
And, uh, and the biggest thing is, is to me, it's because it, it yeah, it fulfills the requirements of, of what is a better frequency. Um, and it just, it keeps people healthy. And that's going to be the thing that stops athletes the most from like living up to their potential. It's, it's not a bad split. It's, 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 it's not issues with the diet necessarily. It's, it's, you get hurt and you have limitations. So we want to avoid those. Okay, so so basically, you would um, tell everybody like um, in the in the, in the beginner stage, they should stick with a like full body training routine, like three days a week, and um, intermediate and advanced guys would be best uh, would would be best if they if they trained like a four days a week with the upper and lower split, right? Mm -hmm. Like even even that's what I'm on right now, and yeah. um, the fifth day is something that. I might add at some point just to, you know, help with the weaker body parts that need more volume, but I won't keep it there year round. It might show up for three months and then we go back, you know? Um, so, 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 um, everyone could potentially add a spe specialization day, right? Yes. Yes. But uh, again, like five and six days a week, I just, it's just, it tends to be too much for most people. Um, No one wants to hear that, especially if you really love going to the gym. Um, but yeah, I, I still feel the 20 year old me like all over my body from all the things that, that, you know, I did a decade ago and, and you want to avoid that as, as much as possible. Got it. Got it. So, um, let's talk a little bit about like exercise selection. So, um, Are you religious about certain kind of exercises? Like, um, because we, we uh, I talked with, with uh, Eric Holmes and he said like, okay, like most people are religious about squatting, but he said like, if you are 6'3 or 6'4, squatting might be uh, not the best exercise for you. And could you please also speak to that a little bit? So um, what are like some, some kind of exercise that you personally love to use or maybe also, uh, also exercise that you love to use on your clients? So... Yeah, just speak to that, please. So, you know, the powerlifting has like the big three, you know, and they need to do those movements. Um, bodybuilders, we kind of have the, the big six, but they don't have to be any specific movements, you know, and, and that's... Big six? What's the big six? So the big six is going to be a vertical press, a horizontal press, a squat pattern, okay. yeah. hip hinge pattern, um, and then a, you know, vertical pull and a horizontal row. Um, you know, if you, and if you only did those and, and were progressive with those, you, I think you develop a, a pretty balanced, good physique, you know? Yeah. Um, so you want to base your training around those movements. Those are the, the ones that would give you the, the, the most for your efforts. But, um, but you want those movements to be things that, that fit you. So for example, a leg press would be a great alternative for, for, you know, someone like who Eric Helms mentioned, yeah. um, you know, you look at the bottom of the lift, it kind of, you know, looks like a squat. It's a squat pattern in a way. So my criteria for movements, um, or, or the way I like, I like people to get to this point where they have a plan A and a plan B for every one of those movements. Um, and I like, to describe it in this way in that the movements should be something where it's, it's, um, it's just you against the weight and not you against the weight against your body. What do you mean by, by, by this? We all have movements that we feel like it's not just the load. It's just that it's not fitting us and we're fighting <laughs> ourselves. You know? True. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then there's other movements where you're like, man, from day one, 
like this is the right exercise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, you you make it so that it's just you against the weight. If you couldn't get a rep, it's just because you're not strong enough. It's not because of you know something else. Got it. And uh, and yeah, you definitely want to be able to feel the muscles. I feel. Um, so yeah, that's how you pick your big six. And I think if you have those, and you're being progressive with those, um, the isolations can be, in my opinion, way more about personal preference and what you enjoy. Um, so, um, so yeah, big six, big six, big and, six. Uh, and it can be so many things, man. It can be a hack squat, you know, you could, it could be a hammer strength chest press that you do instead of your bar- barbell bench press, because this just feels better for you. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Great advice, because I think like it, everyone like on Instagram has this cookie cutter approach to bodybuilding and, and dieting in general. And they say like, do this, but don't do that. Right. And I think um, it's not like very. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it's important that, yeah, I think the, you get to know yourself as, as an athlete and. Um, like for me, overhead pressing, I've always been so terrible at it from day one. It felt horrible from day one. Um, <laughs> and to me, my overhead press is my incline barbell or incline dumbbell. And it's kind of in the middle, but it fits me and I can progress in peace and it never hurts me. So, um, so yeah, you don't have to squat, which I'm glad more and more people are starting to realize that. So, but, 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 uh, for, for instance, because you uh, talked about like overhead pressing, I thought you also do like the one arm overhead pressing because I got the exercise from you. But so <laughs> that's, that's my, uh, yeah, that's my plan B one for ah, sure. Okay, got it. And the reason I like to have plan B's is because sometimes, uh, uh movements can just get kind of dry. Right. Um, but also, you know, just to, to keep you healthy. And if you do get hurt, it's like, okay, well maybe, I can't do a my conventional deadlift, which is my hip hinge, but I also know how to sumo, so that can be my plan B. So, okay. you know, so we should have two movements as a just in case, always. Okay, great. So, um, could you also speak a little bit about your personal most favorite exercises? So, like for instance, for for chest and for for shoulders, uh, just speak to that, please. Mm. Um, I think. So, so, so disclaimer for everyone there probably the best for everyone right and don't fit everyone who's currently listening to the podcast but just speak uh, uh, like for for yourself i like the dumbbell chest press that's okay. probably um and uh, <laughs> i mean i i've I, I i don't it's a misuse of the movement to do it in the low rep ranges i feel but um yeah at some point i was able to do uh 160 160 pound dumbbells for for a set of four I've I've done 150 pound dumbbells like you know weighing 170 something for you know sets of four I think so it's just always fit me like a glove always fit me like a glove <laughs> and it was my first free weight movement too so ah. um so I have the most practice with that one but uh but yeah I, I I love it and it feels the total opposite of a barbell bench press which does not fit me and and for other like um other body parts like for your shoulders biceps triceps back you could also speak about like other body parts what are your personal like most favorite exercises um i love the inverted row um yeah. so much and and people 
they look at it and they're, they're like, this is something I would put my mom on, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but it's a very challenging movement. If you are parallel to the ground with an inverted row, um, you know, you can do it on a Smith machine. Most gyms have TRX handles, which feel yeah. amazing. Um, but I love it because it spares your lower back. There's nothing there in your lower back. And when you're hanging like in that bottom position, your scalp is already stressed. Like you feel the stretch in your upper back. So the first thing that's going to tighten up is going to be the area that's most, most stretched, right? So most people have an easier time just leading with their scapula instead of their biceps or something else. Um, so yeah, the, the inverted row, I wish, I wish it would have taken off like maybe other movements that I've, I've suggested to people over the, the internet. Um, and again, it's the same thing. It's like, it, it doesn't hurt me. Like for me, it feels super progressive and it's very hard to cheat. So inverted row is, is something that I, I think most people could benefit from. And um, if it's almost everyone and you'll see just how, how much cheating you might be doing on other horizontal rows, which I think are the movements that people tend to, uh, you know, butcher. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and I've been guilty of that, man. I've done it. I've done it. So <laughs> we we all have been guilty, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and like, this is like my motto now. Like in the gym, it's like you know, behave the way you would if like no one was watching you, and there was no Instagram, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so um let's let's talk a little bit about like shoulder development because I think like a lot of guys especially also like a few girls like really want to build like great 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 shoulders and we all see like those Instagram models on like uh, certain protocols right like <laughs> taking a few supplements and stuff like that. um how can we natural athletes how can we like get those 3D delts. So um, just speak to that, please. Man. Um, so it's, it's, it's like, um, you know, the glute thing that's taken off with women, um, like all women want glutes now. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's been that way with men and their pecs forever. You know, it's like, <laughs> we've all had three test days, right? A, a week. Um, <laughs> But I, I feel that when we look at the, the body part that makes you look like just the most impressive, and especially as, 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 a, as a male, um, it's going to be the shoulders. You know, the shoulders are the ones that like make you look like you, you lift. You know, it's like it's going to make your waist seem very small, you know, if, if you have uh, these big, broad shoulders. So the lateral raise, I think, is the the key to big shoulders. And I think while overhead presses are fantastic, um, It's the lateral raise that I think if there is a movement that is almost essential to building a an impressive physique, it's going to be that one. If someone only did delts and the rest of them was like pretty untrained, um, they would look pretty aesthetic, I feel. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so, so lateral raise is the key. It's the hardest movement to, to. I think it's the hardest movement to, to learn for people. At the end, it takes people sometimes a few years to finally get good at those. Um, but um, most lateral raise machines, I, no one wants to do them, but they tend to put most people in the right place. And if you have one, I would honestly recommend that to people ahead of uh, just a free weight lateral raise. Um, it's um, it's it's. I've seen it happen actually where I've personally have taught someone to do a lateral raise correctly. And then I see them 
a month later at the gym and they're performing the movement again and it completely changed overnight and they're no longer doing what I taught them. So, um, yeah, I, I feel that the lateral raise machine is a, is a hack so that you never yeah. have to, you know, I'll also use the lateral machines because of you, but they're great. Yeah. 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 It's so it's just, just follow what the machine tells you to do and you'll be fine. Um, but yeah, delts are, are the lateral raise, the, any sort of lateral raise I think is almost essential. Like if you want to build it, and even for women too, because it's going to make your waistline appear um, a lot smaller. So yeah, like we talked about, you don't have to do anything. Um, you don't have to do lateral raises, but I feel that <laughs> there is one movement that's close to that, that that's essential is, is going to be, it's going to be that movement. Yeah. And I, I can totally vote for that because I was like overhead pressing in the first one or two years. And my shoulders looked like shit. And I saw you on YouTube and I was like, man, this guy looks so great. So I, <laughs> I have to train like him. So <laughs> I've like lateral raises and my shoulders blew up. And now everybody says uh, I have so great shoulders. But um, yeah, so overhead pressing didn't work for me at all. So um, but certain guys can only do like overhead pressing and still look fantastic. Right. So yeah, you really yeah. Have to figure out what works for you. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, same thing with the overhead press. Like, I've, I've done it sometimes for, like, a year, like, straight, and because um, it's, again, I'd rather incline. For me, personally, it just feels better, and um, it just does not work nearly as well, I, I think, for giving you that that look that we we want, the, the 3D look, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's talk before like dieting let's also talk about like arms because i know like you also especially when you're dieting down have pro problems to 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 keep those arm gains so um yeah just speak to that like what are your big like most important realization when it comes down to like training arms building arms and yeah just 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 speak to that please mm. yeah um You know, I, I've, I've every year after, um, like, I've, 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 it's one of the things that I do. It's like I go back and I try to tally up things that I've changed my mind on, you know, things that I've learned. And uh, I think for the longest time, um, I wasn't the biggest proponent of the mind-muscle connection, <laughs> uh, the, the internal cueing. And I take that back. I think especially for arms, it is very very important to you know make sure you you feel the muscle being challenged as much as you can with uh with the weight um and this kind of well, this kind of reminds me of, of like especially when it comes to loading decisions on arms um when i was training a lot at home as a kid and i had my weights uh, i remember that the way i would look at my weights was I'm going to have to get everything I can out of the pounds that I have at home because I don't have the money to buy more, you know? So, so I would get everything I could out of a specific load before I would, you know, buy more. And I think with, with arms, like that kind of went out the window when I got to go to my first gym and I got to see like unlimited amount of, you know, weight to be lifted. So with, with arms, um, Yeah, it's one of those things where I can take a lesson back from like, you know, 16-year-old me where you want to make sure that you get the most out of what load you're using before you decide to, to go up. And that's why perhaps adding reps is better than adding load to that one. Um, it's ironic. You'll see guys with really big arms at the gym 
uh, and they're using less weight sometimes than that guy who is maybe a year into training. And I used to wonder this, I, I, you know, when I, when, <laughs> I, I, why are we creating the same dumbbells, right? And, and now it makes sense. Now it totally makes sense. So, um, so yeah, with arms, it's very important that you connect yourself with the muscle groups you're being trained and that uh, you are probably better off adding reps. And it's also a very slow muscle to grow just because they're, they're small. Usually the smaller the muscle, the longer it's going. That's, that's why the whole glute revolution with women is, has been quite successful because there's so much muscle in, 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 in human glutes yeah. that, you know, it can, it can gain 15% of its size and it's going to look super impressive. Whereas with arms, it's like, you know, it's, <laughs> you really have to work for that. Yeah, great yeah. advice, great advice, because I always see, like, like really skinny guys, like, on the tricep uh, pushdowns, and they're, like, doing this, and I'm, and <laughs> your arms won't grow, right? So, um, but I think um, I also wanted to talk about, like, like dieting, but I thought um, that, that the ladies who are listening to this episode, they would be sad if we wouldn't talk about, like, leg development. So, <laughs> so let's also talk a little bit about, like, developing like like quads and glutes and and hamstrings so so what are your your most important realization when it comes down to training the the whole lower body um you know so with the upper body it's like we need for sure more variety and a lot of that just models like the function of the human ac joint it can you know you, your dog can't do this thing where it like does circles with its with its shoulders right um so angles, I think, for the upper body matter a lot more. Angle, okay. Whereas with the lower body, when you look at where we're bipedal, we walk on two feet. So like all the musculature down there, its purpose is to keep us bipedal, right? So to get the hips into full extension. And because of this, if someone honestly just worked really hard and they only did a squat pattern and a hip hinge pattern, they would have very impressive legs, I feel. Um, you would get the majority of your gains from just doing that. So I think for, for lower body, it like out of the big six, those two, the squat pattern and the hip hinge pattern, those can do so, so, so much for us, just those alone. Um, so I'd say that with, with the lower body, it's, you're probably going to have the least amount of variety in your exercise selection. Um, but it's kind of opposite of arms where, you know, if, if you keep your form the same and you progress and you have a progressive program, um, you will find yourself being able to lift some pretty impressive weights over over time. Um, so, yeah, with lower body stuff, much less variety, much more ambitious when it comes to your progressions. And uh, and it's just it's just a matter of finding the, you know, the squat pattern that works for you or the hip hinge pattern that works for you. And, for example, a hip thrust, I would consider a, a hip hinge pattern. Um, it's a great I, exercise. I also do them. Yeah. Oh, you like those? Well, to be honest, I always feel a little bit gay when I do them, but <laughs> I still do them. Yeah. I, I got them. I, I saw them um, on on your YouTube channel, and I thought, well, I have to try this. But yeah. <laughs> I, I started doing those before they became popular, and uh, yeah, so doing those like in 2010 was totally different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people were like, "What the fuck, man?" Who's <laughs> this pervert? Get get him out of here, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I love that. I love what that movement does. And uh, I know that, you know, eventually there'll, there'll be a time where maybe a lot of hip hinge patterns, maybe, you know, when I'm in my 50s, 60s, might not cut it. Um, and that'll make sure that I don't have, a, you know, the old man butt. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I never get like such a great glute pump while, uh, while doing like squats or, or a leg press or anything else. It's the best uh, exercise for glutes, I think. Uh, And you know what I like about it? The, the lever arm is so short on that that it really makes it easy to progress with loads. And for women, it uh, it really gets them thinking progressively, I feel. It makes them addicted to getting stronger, which eventually, you know, hopefully it, it you know carries off to everything else they do. Um, so, yeah, the hip hinge is – it's been a blessing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 still a weird exercise, but it's <laughs> <laughs> we have to make this popular. So um, let's talk about like dieting. Like I think a lot of people, especially here in Germany, they want to really diet down. With the summertime is near, so um, just speak to a little bit about like diet. Personal, like most important, like insights on dieting in general, and how do you love to to approach like dieting? Do you like to use like big uh, deficits or like slowly try to to lose fat? I know you're a big believer in like slowly getting into the dieting phase, but please speak to that. I think the number one error that people do with um, with dieting is they try to. Um, Take, they take approaches that are just too much right now. Yeah. Um, you know, um, so that's, I think that it's, it's huge is, is being honest with what you feel like you can adhere to, what you can commit to. And on both ends, that's, that's going to help you drastically. Um, so yeah, the, the, the biggest thing is just, yeah, being real with yourself. It's like, all right, where's my adherence level? Where is like my, where are my current habits at? And then modeling your dieting approach off that. Um, so if, um, so for example, like we talked about like the four days a week training and how that, you know, I think it's, it's best for, for most people with the, the, and, but, and but we agree that like if sometimes if you tack in an extra day, you'd probably progress faster, but then eventually you would break, something would go wrong. Um, with dieting, it's kind of the same way, like with how fast we want to lose. It's like, yeah. Like it makes sense. An 800 calorie deficit will make you lose fat faster than a 300. But which one can you sustain the longest and not, you know, yeah, put yourself at risk of, uh, of, you know, messing up. Right. Uh, so that's going to, to the Chinese buffet and like eating, eating shit. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, with dieting, it's, it's the, the biggest thing is commit to what you can over time. Your habits will get better And you'll be able to to be more ambitious with how much weight you can lose, with how big of a deficit you can run, um, and those 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 other details. Um, but yeah, I, overall, I think slower is better. Slower, just across the board, what it does is it we have less setbacks. You know, um, yeah, less setbacks. It's 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 where I see the most injuries. I guess you could say with. Like physical enthusiast, yeah, and mental injuries usually, um, and those can sometimes take years to like 100% clear up uh, because it's that's how it is with food. It's like you, 
you're going to have to eat the rest of your life. And if you are traumatized from your last dieting experience, you're going to have a hard time uh, developing those habits to where you would like them to be. So, um, so yeah, um, slower is better. Uh, being honest with yourself is better. And don't feel like you have to get everything at once from this fat loss phase. You know, like maybe this fat loss phase, you might have gone a four pack and that's okay. All right. You know, we'll, <laughs> we'll you know, next time we'll aim for the, the, the six pack. Um, so that's, that to me is, is, and it's honestly what I do the most with my athletes. I think that's where I come in handy the most. It's like setting up appropriate goals, uh, when it comes to muscle gain, when it comes to fat loss and, um, yeah, making sure it's a slow, steady drip. Yeah. Great advice. Amazing advice. So, um, also let, let's talk a little bit about like flexible dieting. I know you are not a big believer in like labeling all those diets, right? But, but also, um, because you're the king of pop tarts, so you have, we have to speak about like, um, like if it fits your macros or flexible dieting, but, um, yeah, just, just speak to that. Yeah. I think flexible dieting works best when you have a solid understanding of how nutrition works because what it does is that you you focus on basically only the variables that matter and um and from there you can kind of like find like i remember when i first started doing the bodybuilding thing i was eating like six seven meals a day because that was the the tradition and i would ask myself like dude when you have like a real job a family can you do this can you make this sustainable um, so what flexible dieting does is it, since you know what variables you have to tweak to progress this way or that way, it from there lets you really customize your diet to fit your needs. Um, so, you know, I think sometimes it's, it's mislabeled as like a, you know, it's, it's, it's like, Hey, guess what? We get to have ice cream every day and pop tarts every day and cereal every day, but it's more than that. I, I think flexible dieting, I like the term, maybe I'm not a flexible dieter, but I'm an educated dieter. And that makes a whole lot more sense. So, so yeah, yeah. And, and I think things evolve. When if when IIFYM, if Fisher Macros was at its peak, um, I think it created its own like set of eating disorders for a lot of people. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do like flexibility. Um, it's a huge fan of flexibility just across the board with training and, and, and nutrition. I mean, we talked about movements and how you get to pick that and what fits you. Um, and the same thing with, uh, with flexible dieting. Like if, if you just tend to do better mentally and, and physically you notice with a slightly lower carb approach that can fit that, you know, um, if, uh, you like to be a clean eater, um, you can still be a flexible dieter. You know, it's just like maybe instead of doing the seven meals like you were doing, it's like, hey, I'm going to do four because it fits my lifestyle a lot better, you know, uh, and I can adhere to that longer. So, yeah, with uh, with flexible dieting, it's I, I like I like it because it encourages a person to really understand their nutrition, whereas in the past with like, you know, menus that, you know, the biggest guy in your gym would give you, you didn't know why it worked or how it worked. You just knew that you either follow this and you get results, or if you don't follow it, you don't get results. And <laughs> that, that leaves a lot of things out of the equation. Okay. So, um, before we, before we, at the end, I always ask like five personal questions, but, um, what will be like your best advice for everyone who's currently listening to this episode and um, wants to get in shape or maybe wants to stay in shape. So 
because you 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 obviously like um stick with bodybuilding like for so many years and you have been so consistent with your work so um let, like what's what would be your best advice for everyone who wants to stay in shape and, and mm -hmm. when it comes down to physique transformation so like, somewhere around like age 17 18 i, I kind of just i i, re I realized this that so my parents are, are Mexican, so, you know, Mexican culture in the background. But um, at that point, I felt like I kind of, I'm like, man, culturally speaking, I feel like a bodybuilder is more like that's that's my culture almost, you know. So <laughs> so you want to get to that point where it, it is just, it's it's almost like, yeah, it's, it's and that's why, like Eric's podcast, the name is perfect. Uh, and in Spanish, actually, that's what... Um, bodybuilding is if you translate it word for word it's physical culture oh it's okay, cool yeah um so with your you know with your physique comp goal recomp goals i think it's important to find a way to make this a part of your life instead of something that's just always kind of interfering with it and uh yeah now the gym is like it's like my spiritual time now. Like when I go there, it's not like, oh man, it's gym time. It's like, I need to go there because I need to like meditate because it's part of my culture. The same thing with like a meal needs to have protein. That's part of my culture. So yeah, embed it into your life. And um, and if you're slow and patient with yourself and, you know, slowly bring on new habits, um, it becomes very, very easy. Even when you're cruising, you look very disciplined to someone who's just starting off. I better. I, I love your advice. So um, before I ask those five personal questions, where can people work with you? Where can they find you on the social webs? And yeah. So 3dmusclejourney.com. That's that's the website. Um, awesome team. Um, I like to think we're the best in the business, man. Like I, at this point. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I, the, the, the team is amazing. I'm competitive and, and I think my team is the team. So um, <laughs> So always a lot of good information being dispensed through there. Um, we we have a um, we have a mental health counselor on staff now. We have a registered dietitian on staff now. So um, so and and they contribute to our message. So if, if you go there and you've never been there, um, you will find the website a lot of fun because you will just find years and years of uh, of archived information that is that is quite good. <laughs> great i i love this episode so um the first question out of the five would be um what are your three most favorite books mm, okay um so i'll start with a meathead one i think uh mel sith um super training was uh the first one that really gave me perspective that like hey you know this is a science you know i didn't understand that to read it twice because the first time i'm like and I was disappointed when I got it because it looked like a textbook. Um, so I think that would be that would be number one. I think you always go with like stuff that you've read recently because it, it's the thing that's impacted you most recent. I, I'd say so that one, that's a long time ago. Um, I'd say the other one would be... It could be about any... I like the book Outlier a lot. Outlier, yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. That, that that one was um, very reflective of, of my life and how a lot of things worked out well because I was at the right place at the right time. Um, but it makes it just it um, 
it makes people feel like there's nothing special about certain people. And I think that's important. You know, it's a lot of success. Yeah, it's like you, you did the work, but a lot of it is being at the right place at the right time. So, you know, for someone who's still trying to find themselves, it's like, you know, so-and-so isn't necessarily that much greater of a human being because he's up on the social hierarchy. No, no, it's just a lot of things worked out in their in their favor. So I, I love that book. Um, and then uh, the most recent one is, uh, it's the war of art i get those flipped ah stephen pressfield yes yeah yeah that one because it just it talks to me in so many ways and when i am happiest is when i am winning that that war um so so yeah those are probably the three books that have impacted uh me the most like as of right now (laughs) <laughs> great so um what are your three favorite movies or most favorite movies that's hard um <laughs> i like motorcycle diaries that's probably my favorite um movie um what's the name what's the name sorry um motorcycle diaries oh okay got it yeah it ends up being the story of che guevara but um but yeah it's it uh it really speaks to life being an adventure and that You know, certain things that happen to you just have you ending up somewhere that you never thought. Um, I like that movie. I like, um, I love 300. 300 is probably my <laughs> most, like, testosterone, like, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went to go see that. Um, <laughs> it's going to sound bad. With three different girls. Yeah. Oh, oh man <laughs> i bet was a playboy <laughs> I, i just i wanted i wanted to see it again i'm like oh that movie looks good i've never seen it <laughs> they're, all, they're all they're miserable because it's it's a total guy movie but um <laughs> but yeah so i like that one and then um ah super cliche but um uh I, i'm probably gonna say like the the whole rocky series in a way just because <laughs> we have to stick to the testosterone theme right <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's uh man yeah it's testosterone rages are fun they are you know <laughs> great so uh the third question would be what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in the last couple of months or years audiobooks the uh, yeah yeah my membership yeah. to and Yeah. Um, I, I love it. I love it. Like I can go out on a walk and plug that in and, and I can multitask and I'm outside. So that's probably been the, because I love being outside. I love, you know, getting me some vitamin D and I, you know, walking and just kind of moving outside of just like lifting weights. I love that. So the audiobooks have made that. What are you using? Like what kind of app, like audible or what are you using? Yeah. yeah. So the, the website's called audiobooks and, oh. uh, Yeah, yeah. So it's it's ten dollars a month, man, and you have access to so many books. It's it's like get on that. It's it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So um, the the fourth question would be um, what have you learned in the last two years that excite you the most, or like what has been like your personal like most important realization? And we had like. It's something like deeply, deeply personal um, about their family, about their business, about their health. Um, like, speak a, a little bit about yourself. Like, what has been like your most important realization in the last few years? Mm. Um, 
I, I think just oh, like human nature as an overall. Um, I think sometimes we we forget that um, we are, um, you know, again, we're, we're we're still animals in a way, and we have these tendencies and we have these behaviors. And I think initially when I, I really cleared up a lot of like, this is how society kind of works in my head. Um, it was a little depressing. I'm like, oh, wow. Like it's, it's not how I want it to be. But, um, but then you get over that and you kind of learn to play by those rules a little bit more. Um, and you learn how to, you know, behave within your species a little bit more. And that's another good book is, uh, behave by Robert Sapolsky. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I think that was the biggest thing to me is just understanding human nature a bit more and seeing it for what it is and not complaining that it is this way because, you know, we've, the species has been around for like you know, 250,000 years or something, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Initially it was a little depressing, I'd say, but like now it's like, that's just how it is. And just you, you will, you're part of that behavior. So if you, follow those rules and you understand how things work, you will be happier. But initially I was like, oh, wow, we're, we're so many things. We're a lot of good things as human beings, but we're also a lot of things that are not so good. Great. So um, the last question would be, what would you tell your 20 year old self? <clears throat> Quit being such a nice guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, yeah, you want to be kind and compassionate to people, but, um, but you also, you want what you want out of life, you know, and always being too agreeable, okay. too agreeable is, is not a good thing and you're not going to get the things you want. So yeah, quit being so nice and get what you want. <laughs> I love this episode. Alberto, thank you very, very much for being on the podcast. Um, I think the episode was great. Thank you, man. Thank you. And uh and yeah, yeah, dude, you have a badass name, dude. I don't know if it sounds <laughs> badass in, in your neck of the woods, but yeah, yeah. It's like a name, you know. <laughs> thank you very much. So uh talk soon. Hey.